As I preached yesterday, Frank Mann's funeral, I preached out of Revelation 14. I preached from the scripture, Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. And I emphasized in the Lord. And I showed how that believers are in the Lord. And that in him, the Bible says, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And we come to our knowledge of being in Christ through believing. Believers are in Christ. Unbelievers are outside of Christ. So I emphasize for a few minutes on believers being in Christ and, they're, and they're, uh, that they have eternal life. And I emphasize about unbelievers who are outside of Christ. You know, Jesus said, if you believe not in me, you shall die in your sins. You shall die in your sins. So either Christ died for your sins or you're going to die in your sins. One are believers and one is unbelievers. And that's, that is so simple. That's where it stands. You are either this morning a believer in Christ, following Christ, or you an unbeliever under condemnation and you would die in your sins if you're outside of Christ. That was the gospel I gave to the, Frank's children yesterday. This morning we're going to speak about the gospel again. Why is the true gospel so offensive? Some people just don't want to hear the gospel. The term gospel means good news. Why are people offended by the preaching of the gospel? Some people don't want to hear the gospel. Because one thing, it convicts them of sin. Makes them feel uneasy. They think they're pretty good. I had a fellow tell me at work, well, you know, Brother Rhodes, I hadn't killed anybody. I'm not a bad guy. People don't realize that they're born in sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. For by one man sin entered into the world. For all sinned in Adam. So in Adam we're all condemned and under, under judgment. And what does the gospel say? Paul says in Galatians 5.11, And our brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. It has nothing good to say about you. The first word of the gospel is what? Repent. Repent. In Mark 1.15 it says, And saying, Jesus went about and saying, This time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. So the message to sinners is what? Repent. So if you're outside of Christ this morning, the first message to you is repent. Repent of your sins. The Great Commission preaches repentance. In Luke 24, 47, it says, And that repentance and remission or forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be preached in Jesus' name. Gentiles, which we are, are called on to repent. Acts 20, 21, testifying both to the Jews and... To the, gen, to the Greeks or pagans. Greeks or pagans, basically. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins toward the God the Father and we place our faith in Jesus Christ, the Redeemer of our sins, who saved us and washed our sins away in His own blood. The gospel assumes you are a sinner or it reveals that you are a sinner. 
Matthew 9, 13 says, but go, your, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I have mercy and not sacrifice. So I'm not come to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. So who's he called to repentance? Sinners. So if you think you're so good and you think you have no need of God, you don't see your need. You are a sinner if you're outside of Christ. You're a sinner, lost, undone. Without hope in God in this world, Paul says. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. We all were ungodly outside of Christ. 5, 8 says, But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When did he die for us? While we were yet sinners. He didn't die for good people. There were no good people. There's none righteous. God's word says, no, not one. In, the, in ourselves, we're unrighteous. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's the condition of all people that's born into the world. What about good works? It has nothing good to say about your works. Some people think they can earn their way to heaven. I mentioned this yesterday. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't go to your pastor, your priest, or someone and say, here's a million dollars. I want you to pray me into heaven. No, it doesn't happen like that. Or I'm going to do so many good deeds to get to heaven. It says in Isaiah 64, 6, but we all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we do all fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in ourselves. We have no righteousness. We need to repent of dead works, the Bible says. Hebrews 6.1 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance, to, repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Your works won't help save you at all. Works do not save. Works are an evidence of salvation, but not the condition of salvation. Ephesians 2 9 says, Not of works. How about going to church? Won't save you. How about giving to the church? Won't save you. How about doing good to other people? Won't save you. Now, it's an evidence of salvation, but it's not the cause of salvation. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. We can't go around boasting. Well, I'm in heaven because of all the good that I did on earth. No, we'll be saying glory to God in the highest. Jesus Christ, I'm here because of my Savior. I'm here because he laid down his life for me. My sins were nailed to the cross. My sins, he bore my sins in his body on the tree. That's the hope of a sinner. Who has saved us, it says in 2 Timothy 1.9. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. Oh, beloved, works is not in salvation as far as earning salvation. But according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world again. And Titus 3, 5 makes it very clear. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. Nothing that we do. Even good works. Giving to the church is a good work. Coming to being faithful to the house of God is a good work. Doing good to others is a good work. Praying is a good work. But those are not conditions for salvation. They're evidences of salvation. Evident that you are born again of the Spirit of God. 
not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. Mercy, he saved us. The publican said, smote his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Oh, happy day when you see that in your heart. Happy day when you feel that in your heart. Oh, happy day when Jesus washed my sins away. We sing that song. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy. If anyone is saved this morning in this assembly, it's because of mercy. We have to say, Lord, it's all because of your mercy that I'm saved by the grace of God. By the washing of regeneration and renewing the Holy Ghost, which we had nothing to do with. It's all according to God's power. It has nothing good to say about our religious opinions. Our church steeples pouring up. We are going to the same place just by different ways. We're all the children of God. There seems to be the philosophy today. You know, you look on the media today and you'll see, like I'll say, well, like Facebook or some of those others, everybody that dies goes to heaven. Doesn't matter whether they're a believer or unbeliever, whether they're atheists, whether they're ungodly, everybody goes to heaven. The Word of God says everybody's not going to heaven. Unbelievers shall have their part in the lake of fire. Unbelievers are under the condemnation of God. Unbelievers are going to face judgment. Only the believers in Jesus Christ and put their faith and trust in Him will see the portals of glory. Don't be deceived by the religion of the world that thinks some church or some priest or some pastor or some evangelist can get you into heaven. Brothers, only one way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way. That's what I preached to him yesterday. I preached to, the, preached to those there at Frank's funeral. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ the Lord. I said the church didn't die on the cross. Jesus died on the cross. So many people think they can get to heaven through a church. The congregation, the word church is congregation. We go to the congregation. This is a meeting house we're here, but we are the congregation who assembled here this morning. We are a congregation now. We've assembled. We're a congregation. Jesus loved his congregation. He loved it and died and gave himself for it. And he bought this congregation, Mount Zion, with his own blood. Bought this congregation here. Each one that's born again here, each one that's a believer here, he bought us with his own blood. Nothing good to say about the gods of other religions. You know, people think it doesn't matter what you believe. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's only one true and living God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All other gods, small g, are false gods. Whether it be the gods of the east, the gods of the west, the gods of the north or south. Beloved, there's only one true and living God. Jesus said in John 17, 3, And this is the life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God. Beloved, we must come to the conclusion that there's only one true living God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There is none other. 
All other are false gods. The gods of the, the gods of the Old Testament, the Egyptians and all of those, they were demons. Demons were behind those false gods. Demons. That they may know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Nothing good to say about other ways to heaven. As I read earlier, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man. So those who reject Jesus Christ as the Son of God cannot go to the Father. Those false religions, they only go to the Father. They can't go to the Father. Jesus says no man can go to the Father except by me. Nothing good to say about any Savior but Jesus. Acts 4.12 Neither is there salvation in any other. There is no salvation in any other religion. None. It's dead. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Beloved, Jesus is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. There is no other way. There is no other religion. People say, well, what about this religion? What about that religion? What about this religion? If they, if they leave out Jesus, they have no hope. Now, either we believe the word of God or we deny the word of God. I believe the word of God. Jesus said he was the only way. There's no other way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. You can go to these cemeteries, these colleges and things and listen to their philosophers and tell you there's no God, there's no Jesus, there's no heaven, there's no hell. Oh, but one day when they wake up in hell, they'll know it. It's appointed a man wants to die. Every man's going to die. But after this, a judgment. There'll be a judgment. They'll stand before a holy God one day. There won't be no unbelief there. Nothing good to say about other gospels. You know, there's a lot of gospels being preached this morning, but there's a lot of false gospels being preached by preachers who claim to have the truth. Paul says in Galatians 1.6, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there is some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. There's people this morning perverting the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul said, let them be cursed. They're the accursed of God if they preach a false gospel. That's strong language, Brother Roger. And and as we said before, so say I again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. That's strong language. That's how sacred the gospel is. The gospel is, the, is, is evidenced in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If pe- people preach works, add works to that, they'd be cursed. The Galatians were trying to teach, well, you had to be circumcised. You had to keep the law. You had to do this. Paul said they were preaching a perverted gospel. They were accursed of God. It's important what we preach. Truth is important. I preached a message that Brother Ray's on sound doctrine. That word sound means wholesome doctrine. Doctrine is important. We're to believe what the apostle called the apostles' doctrine in the book of Acts. 
We're to believe what they taught, and they learn what they, what they taught from the Lord Jesus. In the Great Commission, he says, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We are, our foundation is built upon Christ, the foundation, and the apostles, which are the foundation of the church of Jesus Christ, the congregation of Jesus Christ. We have no hope without God, without Christ, and without strength. You have no hope outside of Christ. Think about that. Outside of Christ, you're still an unbeliever. You're without hope. You're without God. You're without Christ. And you're without strength. That's the condition of every person outside of Jesus Christ. You may live your daily life, go on in your daily routine. You may go to work, make living, come home. Be as normal, but if you're outside of Christ, it's coming a day when your life will be struck down and then you will be under death sentence. You shall suffer for your sins throughout eternity. You shall die in your sins, said the Lord, if you believe not, I am He. I am the great I am. It's important. The gospel is a, is a Savior of life unto some, and it's a Savior of death unto others. Some it gives life, some it manifests that they're dead in trespasses and sins. It doesn't make them dead in trespasses and sins. It manifests that they are. Man by the fall cannot perform spiritual acts. This is what you've got to come to conclusion to, conclusion to this morning if you are without Christ, if you are an unbeliever. First, you cannot see. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Outside of Jesus Christ, outside of being born again, you cannot even see spiritual things. You can't see the kingdom of God. Jesus said in verse 5 of the same chapter, You cannot enter. Jesus answered, Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not the congregation. The kingdom of God is God's domain. They're separate. You can't make them the same. You cannot understand. John 8, 43 says, Why do you not understand my speech? There are some people who couldn't understand Christ's words, His speech. My speech, even because you cannot hear my word. Unless you're born again, you cannot hear that spiritual voice of the Lord. You must be born again to hear the word of God come to your heart. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can prick your heart and bring you to repentance. People this morning are preaching, come to Christ, come to Christ. What did Jesus say about coming to him? In John 6, 44, he says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. No man can come to me without the drawing power of my Father. And I will raise him up at the last day. It's not in the will of man to come to Christ. Jesus said, you will not come unto me that you might have life. Why? Because they were blinded. Because you love darkness. He says, you will not come unto me because you love darkness rather than light. People love sin. Until God gives them a new heart, they cannot love righteousness. They cannot love the Lord. Because they're dead in carnal sins. People are saying, believe on the Lord. As if it was that easy, just magic, you can believe. John 12, 39 says, therefore, they could not believe because the, Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts that they should not see with their eyes and understand with their hearts 
and be converted and I should heal them. Unless God opens up your heart and mind, you cannot see spirits. You cannot believe the natural man. 1 Corinthians 2.14, he cannot discern spiritual things. This is the condition of everyone outside of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man, that means those outside of Christ, those who have not been born again, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness unto him. That's why the world thinks the gospel is foolishness. Oh, that's old wise tales. That's old foggy. That's a, we don't believe that anymore. We're too smart today. We're scientific. We, ha- we know there is no God. We know there's no God. See, they've been given over to their corruption of their heart and mind. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. They cannot know them because they're spiritually discerned. You can talk to a dead man all day over there in the graveyard to come up out of the grave. Next week he'll still be in the grave. And you'll be wore out hollering at him. Same thing, preaching the gospel. Those who are dead in trespasses and sins, we cannot move them no matter how loud we preach or how, how, how we emphasize the truth until God works salvation in the heart. There is no believing. There is no coming to Christ. There is no knowing the things of God until God does a work in the soul. Now, I know natural man don't like to hear that, that he's helpless, but you're helpless. Without God, we can do nothing. Nothing. You cannot believe. You cannot come to Christ. You cannot follow Christ. You cannot understand the things of God. You cannot be even subject to God. Romans 8, 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. The God word says you cannot submit yourself to God in your, in your condition you're in. You're carnally sold under sin. Oh, it takes the grace of God to save a soul. It takes the power of God to save a soul. You cannot please God, Romans 8, 8 says. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It says even the plowing of the wicked is an abomination to God in the book of Proverbs, I believe. Some people think if they'll do enough good works when they get to heaven, if they got more good works than bad works, then God will take them to heaven. All your works are abomination to God, whether you think they're good or bad. All of them. Why? Because the only good works are come through Jesus Christ. He cannot bring forth fruit. Matthew seven eighteen says, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. You're either a good tree or a bad tree. And if you're a bad tree, you're going to bring forth bad fruit, evil fruit. If you're a good tree, you'll bring forth good fruit. In other words, you're either a believer or unbeliever. You're either in Christ or outside of Christ. What good news is it then? It is good news only to the sinners with special needs. Matthew 9, 13 but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. When you feel you're, that you are a sinner and you feel like you need to repent, that's good news to a sinner who wants to repent, who has the desire to repent. Lord, forgive me of my sins. And I put my faith in Jesus Christ. 
When God gives you that ability to do that, you've been born again. He gives you the faith to believe and repent of your sins and look to Christ for salvation. That's good news to you. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, there comes a time in our life when sin causes us to labor and we have heavy laden because of our sins. We feel the guilt of our sins, the burden of our sins. And, it, and God is drawing us to Christ. He's gave us life to understand these things. And, and, and that burden, what does Christ say to people like that? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. How do we find rest for our souls? In Jesus Christ who's washed our sins in his blood. Your faith and trust is in Christ's sacrifice. Nothing in my hands I bring, said the songwriter. Simply to Christ I cling. Oh, beloved, he is our all in all. Sinners that need Christ to satisfy the righteous demands of the law. We're lawbreakers. We all sinned in Adam. We're lawbreakers. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, For he had made him to be sin for us. Jesus was made sin for us. Notice what it goes on to say. Who knew no sin. Christ was sinless. But he was made sin for us. How was that, Brother Rhodes? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Therefore, it's by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men to unto justification of life. For as one man sin, one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. The beloved is by the obedience of Jesus Christ that we are made righteousness. Our sins was imputed to him. Think about that. All our sins was imputed to Christ before the foundation of the world. And his righteousness was imputed to us. Grace said, take all the sins of all my people and lay them on Christ, their Savior, their head, their shepherd, their, their surety. And he guaranteed the Father that he would lay down his life for our sins. What did Paul say? Who loved me and died and gave himself for me. We all can say that if you're a believer this morning. Jesus loved me and he died and gave himself for me personally. Salvation is personal. We love our children, but we cannot save them. We can pray for them, but Jesus is the one that saves his people. Whether it be our children, whether it be our grandchildren, whether it be us, we're all at the mercy of God. Mercy. It says in Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Are you a needy sinner this morning? Then I have good news for you. It's good to know that you're a sinner and to have knowledge of that.
1 Corinthians 3, 5 says, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. We're to preach the gospel. They preached the gospel. Paul and Apollos, whom you believed. As we preach the gospel, God brings people to faith and belief in Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach except they be sent? Romans chapter 10. Thank God for the ministry, beloved. The ministry brings the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The ministers are called to preach the everlasting gospel to God's people. We're to be faithful in proclaiming the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it just Romans 10, 14 brings it out. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The preaching of the gospel is necessary. It says in the book of Acts chapter 13, 48, as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. Believing will follow regeneration. God gives us life that we can believe in his only begotten son and believe in the father. We not only believe in the, in the Son, but we also believe in the Father that sent Jesus into the world. Acts thirteen forty eight, And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. What a comfort that is, that God's in control, Brother Roch. He knew the very moment, the very second, the very hour, and the very day that you would call upon him. He knew that because he was in control of it. 2 Thessalonians 1.10 says, When he shall come, he's coming again to be glorified in his saints. He's coming back to be glorified in you and me, his saints. He bought us. He redeemed us. He loves us. He's coming back to be glorified in us, to be admired in all them that believe. Who's going to admire the Lord? Believers, unbelievers won't. He's coming to judge them. Because our testimony among you was was believed in that day. It's important to be a believer in Jesus Christ. If you die an unbeliever, there is no hope for you. 2 Thessalonians 2.12 said that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now listen to that. This is not Brother Rhodes' words. This is the word of God. Thus said the Lord, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth. If you're an unbeliever today and you don't believe the truth and you stay in that and you die in your sins, you shall suffer for your sins. But has pleasure in unrighteousness. But we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. We are the beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. God chooses to salvation, not man, not you. You believe because God gives you the ability to believe. It's to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. It's important to believe the truth. Wherein too he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Paul says, for I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. Can you say that? Can I say that this morning? I know whom I have believed. I pray that you can say that in your heart this morning. I am persuaded 
that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Have you committed your soul and your life and your whole being to Jesus Christ? You can say, I know whom I have believed. Who we believe in? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This is good news to sinners. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. That is written, the just shall live by faith. How do we live today as God's people? By faith. Not feelings. I know we like feelings. We like to have the joy of the Lord. We like to sing, feel refreshed. There's nothing wrong with that. But the life is a life of faith. We see things invisible. We see things that, we, that the world don't see. We see by faith. When we cry to the Lord and ask for the Lord's strength, we do that by faith. We call on the Lord by faith, believing what he promised. I'll never leave thee, I'll never forsake thee. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. By faith, we look to the Lord. And thank God that we have that faith. The faith of God's elect. Paul taught that God's righteousness is revealed to the person who has faith. Romans 10, 6 says, But the righteousness which is of, which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word rima is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word Rema of faith, which we preach. It says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As we preach the Rema of God, the word of God, the Holy Spirit brings that forth, and that word will lay hold of Jesus Christ and believe in him. That's the work of God. Faith cometh forth by hearing. We hear it. How can they believe without a preacher, and how can they preach except they be sent? We hear the word, that word comes forth by the Holy Spirit and we believe in the preaching of Christ and put all our faith and trust and hope in Him. That's by faith. By faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's by faith, beloved. So simple as I preached yesterday. Belief. Or an unbeliever. You're one or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. You're either a believer or an unbeliever. When we stand before God one day, we'll either be a believer in Christ or an unbeliever outside of Christ. And that's where we all stand. When the gospel is preached, the word of faith and someone believes it is an evidence that God has already placed the word of faith in the heart in quickening. In quickening. What a blessing that is. And this is brought out in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. I'm going to ask you a question. Which took place first? Believing or being born of God? I'll show you in a second. But it's important that you understand the truth about this. 
Because there's some preaching today that you have to that you have to hear the gospel, be condemned, you have to repent, you have to believe, and then you're born again. That's the false gospel. That's not the truth as it is in Jesus. And I'll show you that in a second. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begot loveth him also that is begotten of him. Believeth is in the present tense, is born of God, or has been born of God, perfect tense, which refers to an action which has been completed in the past time, this completed action having the present results that the person is believing, present tense, in God. So a person is born again in the perfect tense in time past, before he's believing. He's, and the results of him being born again is the present tense, he's present tense believing in Jesus Christ. Without being born again of the Spirit, he could not be a believing in Jesus Christ in the present tense. It shows there has to be a work of God. I heard a preacher say down in Florida that he says, people are praying for their children that they'll be good and do this and do that. He said, you need to be praying that God will give them a new heart. That's what they need. They need a new heart. Only then can they do good and follow Christ and love the things of God. It's the heart problem that's wrong with mankind. It's not, a, it's not just a head problem. It's a heart problem. Man is dead in trespasses and sins until he's born again. He cannot do anything spiritually. John 1.13 says, Which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. A person is born of God before he ever has a will to believe. Born of God. John 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth, present tense, on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, present tense, and shall not come, come unto salvation, but is passed from death unto life. This pass from death unto life is in the perfect tense. So he passed from death unto life before he was hearing, before he was believing, and before he had that eternal life. He was already born again. How wonderful that is. What am I saying? You have to be born again before you can be a believer. Before you can exercise faith in Jesus Christ. We are at the mercy of God. You say, what can I do then? You can go home and pray, Lord, I pray that you'll give me a new heart. I cannot give it to myself. And keep looking to the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 4, 15... It says, Paul is saying, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Now some people say, see, you're born again through the gospel. Now the gospel is used to bring forth that which is a lot. He got you here. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Paul was used as an instrument to bring forth that faith that was in Timothy, brought it forth to manifestation. The gospel is preached forth. The word faith to lay hold of the gospel of Christ. So we should be grateful that God, that word there, the gospel is in the active force where he's bringing forth that which is alive in the individual. Brother Roger hears the gospel. He's already quickened. That faith is already in his heart. The word is not even in the heart, the word which we preach. That rhema is in his heart and when he hears the gospel, he comes out and lays hold of it, believes it. 
That's the work of God. That's the work of God. So why do we preach the gospel? We preach it to God's elect. We preach the gospel to all the world, that those in the world, Paul says, I do all things for the elect's sake. Those whom God has chosen and whom he quickens will hear that preached gospel and lay hold of it and believe it and follow Christ. Hallelujah. The Lord says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How do you know you're born again? Are you following Christ? That's the only evidence we can have for sure. If we're not following Christ, how do you know you're born again? Final remarks. The faith of Christ in a person and not the act of believing. Paul says, knowing this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life and justified us. We believe that he's our righteousness. I have nothing in my hands I bring. I stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When I stand before God the Father in the last day, we pray that we're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His obedience is our obedience. His righteousness is our righteousness. That's how we can stand without blemish and without spot one day. Thank God for that. If it wasn't for that, we would have no hope. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We live by that God-given faith that he's put in us, the fruit of the Spirit in our Christian life. But the scripture hath concluded... All understand that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Oh, beloved, are you a believer this morning? That's the answer question. Are you a believer? Paul says, and be found in him and, having my, and not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon them that believe. There's no difference. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and excess and confidence by the faith of him. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Without the faith of Christ in us, we could never believe in Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Oh, beloved, may we give thanks. If you'll believe it this morning, that God chose you to salvation. What a privilege that is. What a privilege. Chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ who has saved us, Paul said, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light 
through the gospel. The gospel is used to give you light and knowledge that you are a child of God, that you pass from death unto life. We serve a wonderful God, Brother Roger. What good news this is to a sinner's ear to know that Christ died for your sins. I pray that this will be a blessing to you this morning. The gospel is so important. And remember, it says all unbelievers shall have their part in the lake of fire. If anyone dies an unbeliever, that's their destiny. Believers have the hope of life that now is and the hope of eternal life to come. May we pray. Our gracious and loving Father, we thank you for thy word and testimony. We pray that you bless your word to our hearts. May it help us to rejoice that we've been given faith to believe in the Son of God and to have a hope of eternal life and that we have that eternal life abiding in us through the Spirit, that we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us and that the love of God the Father is working all things for good. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His God the Father's purpose. Thank you, Father, for choosing us before the world began. Thank you for calling us by the Holy Spirit. Thank you by regenerating us and bringing us to faith and belief in Jesus Christ. Lord, it says, He that glory, let him glory in the Lord. We glory in you this morning. In the name of Jesus, we give thanks. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing? Yes, you sure can, brother.